This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. I have COVID. Can you believe that? I should have known as long as this has been going on as quickly as it... uh, as it came on, as quickly as it ran through our family, I guess I should have known. We took uh, tests last night. Both my wife and I both tested. Now, here's something interesting for you. These are these um, rapid home tests. Don't ask me anything about them. I don't know. My wife gets them. I don't know if she gets them on Amazon or it's some government handout. I don't know. Maybe they were sent down by the FBI. Maybe they're already pre-infected. I just stuck the thing in my nose. Uh, but these are the, the, you know, the quick home tests they're supposed to be. But here's what I found interesting outside of any speculation on the test, which I'm half joking about that stuff. I, I really don't even like taking the thing. I'm like, I have, I have no idea who made this thing, where it came from, how it works. And I'm supposed to have confidence in this thing, and I have none. Uh, but nonetheless, this is all we have to rely on. About the fifth day of being sick, I guess. And uh, so, you know, my wife decided to take the test because she was getting hit. She'd test positive. You better take it. I take it. So my wife and I are vaccinated. No boosters. Not planning on getting any boosters. Although, uh, you know, well, let me give you both sides of this. <laughs> I do think there's people that need to get boosted. I don't like to just sit here and and play one side firmly or the other, because I do not think this is a one-size-fits-all. My mother-in-law, for example, uh, who's got some uh, health issues, she needs to be vaccinated, and and she knows that the vaccine itself creates health problems for her, but it's it's worth it in her case. So I don't know what your situation is. I don't want to poop-poop or everything, but for me, I'm not planning on pumping any more of that stuff into my body. I'm really not. I really regret doing it, like a lot of other people. And interestingly, I'm pretty sure I contacted this uh, from an old colleague uh, that I happened to see at an event. I ran into her. She was wearing a mask. wasn't even really within the six feet. Never, I saw her with the mask, and so my little uh, COVID antenna went up, right? My, my, uh, my virus radar went up, and I thought to myself, I joked. I said, I'm going to get sick now. You poisoned us. And sure enough, uh, Friday morning, I woke up with a splitting headache. I rarely get headaches as it is. Very strange for me to wake up with a headache. I knew something was wrong. I started feeling incrementally worse throughout the day. And maybe I should have jumped on it and, you know, preempted with something. I don't know. I haven't been taking my zinc like I was taking. I got to get back on that. I got to get do a better job, you know, keeping my own defenses up. But by Friday, I was sick. Uh, by by Sunday, my wife was sick. By Monday, my daughter was sick, uh, home from school yesterday as a result. of it was very quick. And it's like a nasty, nasty flu. Um, just to describe the symptoms, nasty fever for a couple, three days. I mean, horrible chills. Like, I felt like I was hyper. I'd be just convulsing because I was so cold. It's like 75 degrees in the house, you know? Um and was like cycling inside and outside because you know how I am with fresh air. I kid you not, this is me sick. I'm like inside freezing, sweating, freezing, sweating, and then 
you know, every hour I'd go walk outside. Why? Because I feel that it's important to keep walking and it's important to get fresh air. I really do. I think it's the most important thing to healing. I don't know. I don't know how well it's worked out this th- this time. I haven't been doing a perfect job. But anyway, uh, and I just had this pain in my hips. It's very achy. I'm looking for a pity party. There, nobody's going to have a pity party. Well, I'm going to have my own pity party. This is the pity party. Uh, anyway, at this point, it seems, it seems like a nasty head cold. But uh, very, uh, you know, the symptoms, I would say, you know, very, um, what do you say? You know, uh, severe, not severe, but strong, you know, for a, a bad, bad flu bout. You know, the kind of flu that you hope you, you don't you don't get, you know, more than once or twice in a lifetime. I've had some bad flu bouts before. Uh, and, you know, this this issue of, you know, so many people getting, and I know a bunch of people in our area that's kind of going around. And that's, I guess, on the other hand, I'm kind of thankful, I guess, to say, all right, I get this out of the way when the weather's not too bad. It's not in the middle of the holidays. Hopefully, uh, I gain, you know, the immunity, uh, you know, that I don't need to worry about going forward, at least for another year. I don't know. Just jump in the lake, right? Anyway, I got COVID. Who knows? Here's what the, the interesting part. This is what I want to tell you. So I, I run into a colleague. I think that's how I got exposed. I was at an event on Friday. I, I should have never went. This is everybody's getting sloppy, including myself. To tell you how sloppy, I kid you not, I was thinking about going down to the to the gym over the weekend. Uh, I, I didn't I didn't really consider it after I thought, what am I thinking? I thought, you know, go sweat it out down there. Go sit in the sauna and just sweat the fever out. And um, I, I didn't do it for a number of different reasons. Thank goodness I didn't. How many people could have gotten sick from doing something like that? And right now, it's not, nobody's even really raising a concern to it. I'm telling you, we could have put a few people down, I think, going, a, a virus going through. I don't know how many people would get infected. But here's the very interesting part. So a good buddy of mine, I feel awful about this, um, he got sick, That I, a guy I saw on Friday. Sure enough, he texted me over the weekend. As he, I mentioned to him I wasn't feeling, I was fist bumping me. I'm not feeling the best. He texts me, I think, Sunday. Hey, I've been in bed all weekend. I said, me too. But he did not test positive for COVID. And he has not been vaccinated. Explain that to me. I don't know if my buddy Dave's listening. Uh, Dave, you have any insight on that? Why that would be? If anything, I don't know. Just dumb luck. Who knows, right? So I want to go. You know, this has been a big week on the podcast in terms of the substance. I hope you've been enjoying what I've what I've been trying to uh, to share here. I use the story of the scorpion and the frog to talk about this deception. You know, listen. You know. Uh, let's just use the subject of gay marriage for a second, right? Um, because oddly enough, that's like a super benign topic, right? Like nobody really gets upset. Okay, we'll talk about talk about transgenderism. Everybody goes nuts. Uh, but you can talk about gay marriage and you know get everybody to the table. And, and for the most part, you don't have people that that feel too strongly. Um, some people do. I was uh, at an event with some mutual friends. Uh, one gay, one not. And um, the the one who's not had pretty strong feelings against gay marriage. And uh, he made a comment that I felt was really benign. I thought he was well within his right to have, I forget what it was, but didn't even really raise much attention. Except on the part of the gay guy who was there with his husband, who's a cop. And um, he got all fired up about it. And... um, 
I mean, those of us at the table kind of thought he was off base, but there's this sensitivity to these things. Well, if you're not gay, you don't know. You know, people saying these things, you're like, I don't know these nuances, right? How would you possibly know? But anyway, what I, the point I was trying to make with the scorpion and the frog is, is what I've said many times, and that is that everything has consequences, including allowing gay marriage. And much of what we see going on today uh, is why I was against it. I did not feel that there should be gay marriage. Quite frankly, uh, if you really want to ask me, I don't think government should be involved in marriage at all. Why do I need a license to, I need my wife's permission to, you know, for a commitment, uh, whatever commitments we're going to make to each other. Uh, the government is going to force us to keep those commitments. Isn't that something? And they do. <laughs> they do, right? All that marriage license does, if you really step back and look at it, it doesn't force anybody to love you. It doesn't force anybody to treat you well. But it's going to force you to give them half or more, whatever the court decides, turning over complete control to the court. Amazing how that works, right? But either way, I think it would be best that the, the, uh, the institution of marriage be left to uh, religious institutions to carry out and deal with that. I really do. Uh, but we're about a million years away from that, right? The fact of the matter is we, we are where we are. Uh, but I argued that there should not be gay marriage, uh, that there would be consequences to that. And that I understood that there were consequences to not having gay marriage in, in our society, and that the argument was that there was, uh, you know, it was exclusionary to gay couples because of the way different things are set up. So, of course, rather than changing the way things, you know, rather than passing a law to say that, you know, a, a gay partner can be considered uh, a spouse for the purpose of life insurance. No, that would be that would be ridiculous. Uh, they're going to allow gay marriage. <clears throat> so but I said, look. Um, I think a gay union of some core, but I don't think we should call it um, you know, gay marriage. I don't think we should have it. There's going to be consequences to it. And Phyllis Shafley, you know, made arguments. Um, she made she made even even more ferocious arguments going back with a lot of these liberal movements, uh, saying that you know uh, you're going to one day. She was arguing in the '70s that you're going to have men uh, taking over women's bathrooms, and how she had the the forethought to see that coming. But when you when you spend time in these circles and you begin to watch the patterns, and, and I know many of you do, right, where you, you do have a deep understanding of these things, you kind of pretty clearly see what's coming. And uh, right now, um, you know, the, these scorpions are, are biting hard. Um, one that I'm going to talk about today is the Internet. There's been so much control taken away from the people around the world. There's so much surveillance going on, only increasing, really, in its sophistication and amount. Uh, The things that Google, have you seen the Google photo search now, image search? Anybody playing with that? It's incredible. I mean, as far as technology goes, it's really phenomenal. I mean, you could be walking in a store um, or walking outside, let's say, and I don't know, I'll just use this by way of example. Uh, you know, you see a set of wheels on a car you like, I don't know, um, and you take a picture of them and, you know, Google will search where to buy them, where to get them, what they are. It's incredible. Uh, I haven't really tested it. I have to believe that the, 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 the depths of it are beyond what I can imagine. You could probably take a picture of a leaf and identify the tree. And so 
you think about this as a digital tool and, and what it's doing to society, and it's profound. Forget about the conspiracy theories a second. Forget about liberal versus conservative and all that, just a second. There's always a cause and an effect, right? Always an equal but opposite reaction. You can't just pull a stick out of the Jenga pile and expect nothing to happen. You might not immediately see anything happen, but a shift has occurred. Am I right? Am I right? Think about our society, the fabric of our society. As a, as a Jenga, the term, whatever, those blocks you stack, you know, you have the game you play, you pull the things out till the thing falls down. I don't I don't play much in the way. I think it's called Jenga. So they got different versions of it. You know what I'm saying? You build this tower, right? You got to keep adding bricks. And don't let it fall down. And it's all set. It's very fragile. And I think that our government, our, our society is the same. You know, you don't, you don't think so. It's very fragile. What am I talking about? Well, they, 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 they're putting out the scare right now. Only 25 days of diesel fuel left. If you said the 25 days supply, I think it's a big scare tactic. Uh, they, I, I do think that they're tightening supply on purpose to drive up the prices. That's clear. They did it with lumber, right, during the pandemic. They do this, this stuff all the time. We have big players. People think that this is, uh, you know, some big conspiracy or, or, or whatever. It, it happens all the time at all different levels. I'll give you an example here. We have three quarries here. We have three quarries, three landfills in the whole Delaware Valley. For this whole part of the whole Philadelphia region, this whole five, six county area, three landfills, three quarries, all right? So if you're dumping trash, this is the racket. <laughs> you're dealing with one of three players, and that's about it. Uh, you, I guess you could try and uh, truck it somewhere else if you think that that's going to be profitable to do that. I can assure you that, especially with fuel costs now, that it definitely will not. Uh, and moving and packaging these things all become a big part of big business of all, just like a big Jenga box Jenga pile, right? Because you say, well, you got three quarries. Well, that's just three of the blocks on that whole tower. Ultimately, you need that trash removed away from your house, right? And what are the pieces on that Jenga pile? Well, you've got the union labor, you've got the trucks, you've got the union mechanics that got to take care of the trucks, you've got the, the dumping, the recycling, you've got the regulatory authorities, you've got the DOT, right? All these different people involved. Any one of those people pulls the wrong block and puts a cog in that, and you're going to see the trash not get picked up. You don't believe me? Look at what happened during COVID. Just like that. Boom trash piling up. Huge problem. We don't talk about this with disaster planning and things like this. So anyway, um, you know, I was talking about the the influence of, of big companies and, and having control and tightening supply. They do it all the time. So we have three quarries here. Won't you know, won't you know the busiest time you want to go pave? Can't get blacktop. Why is that? Because they're running their trucks. I don't want to use the names of these companies because I don't think they're doing anything illegal. It's just, and it's not like it's a big margin business. Although the owners of these companies are certainly making making big money, uh, but they deserve it on some level. The equipment and what it takes to run these operations, how many pieces to those puzzles. But here's what happens: the big company, they own the quarry, they own trucks, they own paving, big paving operations. All three of them. Each of the three quarries also pave. Each of the three compete for government work. Now, how do you think you're going to come in and compete for that government work when you got to pull out of their quarry? 
You'd be lucky if they even sell it to you. Now, they might not say, oh, Joey Bag of Donuts, uh, we're, you're bidding on the same job as us. We're not going to sell it. No, they're not going to do it like that. You can't, right? Because you'd get sued and this and that. And you say, ah, Joey's credit doesn't look good. I don't know if I could, I just, I can't take that kind of risk. You know, you'd have to pay cash up front. I'm sorry. What? That's, I can't operate a business like that. And so they influence, they squeeze the little guys out. What has happened in trash, as well as paving, the little guys are only there because the big guys allow them. And the only reason the big guys allow them is because there's a lot of little work that they just don't want to do. So they say, yeah, sure, we'll make money on the asphalt. You guys go ahead and run these little crap jobs uh, and don't touch our big stuff. And that's the racket that gets run, and people don't know. And if you're lucky, the three are competing against each other. But uh, there's really, and sometimes you get into that a little bit, but it's really a racket, and they control the pricing. And so here's the other thing you've got to ask, you know, how does it get that way? How's that happen? Well, some of it, of course, is by design, where companies will buy up territories. Like, there's uh, paving maintenance systems here. They operate in territories. So, and where we're at here, you kind of blend over the two territories. You get a little bit of overlap, but they won't go into the other territory without asking permission. It's weird. I'm saying you have pavers that, you know, you have a, the Jersey outfit or the or the Allentown outfit, and depending on, you know, what part of the line you're on, um, you got to deal with either the other one or the other. The other one won't deal with you. And that's a, a mutual cooperation thing. There's legalities on all that. And uh, on, in some of these cases, I think that they are, um, you know, under a thin veil, breaking the law and getting away with it, I guess. But the real reason that most of it happens is because of regulation. And so whether you're going to regulate, you know, where you can put a landfill, which you have to, there has to be regulations on that. You can't, if you just left it to where you say anybody who wants to buy a piece of property and start digging a hole can start dumping there, you're going to have a, a whole different set of problems, right? You have a really cheap uh, garbage service, but you're going to have some really expensive problems on the back end. But the fact of the matter is, that's what the regulation does. That's why we constantly talk about limited government. And so whether it's gay marriage or, or uh, regulation for, for quarries, uh, all these things have consequences. And when you have this centralized control, uh, people get excluded. It happens every time, automatically. I guess you could say by design. So where does all that take us? Well, yesterday I spoke about the problems with COVID and how it was manipulated. I have something else. We'll see if we get to it here today, if not tomorrow. Mercola put out a whole big report on the hysteria, the fake hysteria created around COVID. Um, I don't think it's all fake. I think it could have been handled differently. I think it should have been handled differently. And even now, I don't think we're handling it correctly. To, to go from where we were um, you know, to now where there's just no rules on the whole thing, no real guidance, uh, is is just crazy to me the way this I saw this spread that it could have been avoided and I'm saying to you you know I was even thinking about going down to the gym for not seriously but it did cross my mind like man kind of dangerous on some level right and old people there who knows you look at the Mercola report you realize how all hyped that uh, hyped up that is uh, but this 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 craziness this dystopian future that is now upon us is affecting us in real ways and will continue to. 
And COVID was one of those ways. What I want to talk about now is the censorship of free speech. And I got this email. First of all, I got an email. I didn't even, never even covered this. I think I spoke about it briefly. Let me mention the YouTube email. I should have put this in here. I got it. I, I did mention it before, but I didn't really go into it. It was very strange to me. Now, I haven't posted anything on YouTube in forever. Uh, I took a bunch of stuff down. Um, I don't even remember why, really. Uh, anyway, there's been no activity on my YouTube account. I guess we did post a couple things with the interviews. That's what it was. Posted the interviews. Um, but the, the, the YouTube, it's clear, isn't feeding it out at all. And I'll get to that in a second, too. I, I don't know, 20 views or something on each. You know, it's it's really disheartening, to say the least. I mean, you can just see the shadow banning. Um, first, I mean, I had, I forget what the subscribers were on the YouTube channel. They just took them off. Anybody remember that? How many? I forget how many subscribers we were up to on YouTube. Was it 10,000? I don't think it was that high. Anyway. There's like 400 less. So it's a joke to me now. Like this is the, the, this little game's no longer fun. You know, was, you had to play by these rules and you had to do this and post at the right time and all these little nuances. And then you just realize this is just a game that I'm not winning. But it's gone from more than a game. It's become a Pandora's po- box. And I saw that exact term used. It kind of freaked me out a little bit. Uh, just like this election and, and being the treasurer, I'm finding what a Pandora's box that has been created in this whole thing uh, with the reporting. Let me stay on point, okay? This this free speech. So I get this, um, this email from YouTube uh, taking down an old video. Guess what the video was about? Free speech. <laughs> it said our, 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 our right to free speech is not for sale or something like that. And um, I talked about this online censorship, and they took it down. <laughs> How funny is that, right? Hilarious. I mean, it, it, it does not explain to you what's really going on if you can't see it now. Sorry. It's, it, sorry, Chris. The, the rules, you and your, your parched, dried-up old constitution are no longer relevant. How, how much louder could that le- message be sent? I don't know. So... Anyway, uh, they tended down, and I could appeal it, and you could make your. It was very uh, uh, adolescent, the whole thing, right? There's like emojis in there. Hi, it's YouTube. Sorry to trouble you, content creator. We know you love people, and so do we. You know, it was like it was so corny, right? So anyway, I didn't appeal it. I was like, take it. Down. Nobody, <laughs> nobody's watching it anyway. What difference does it make? Like, do us all a favor and just stop the misery. So um, they're like. Good choice. <laughs> the good news is most people don't have to be told this a second time. I kid you not. It's not the exact way they worded it, um, but that was the message. All right. What did, what does that say to you? I'm going to circle back. on. What do you think, that, that somebody at YouTube took an interest and in they're going, no, I'll tell you how it's working. It's scarier than that. So the other day I get this email. Here's what it says. Very well written, best written email ever. Dear Mr. Christopher Scott, can I take some time? I'm writing this email to inform you of a news story that you may be interested in pursuing. My name is Preya. I am an artificial intellect from Preya.co. 
I am sure you are aware of recent drone attacks in Ukraine that have been attributed to Russia. In response to these attacks, Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky has denounced the actions and called his, called, has called on the country's allies to provide air defense weapons. Iran is part of this war testing. Uh, Iran is a part in this war testing their most advanced weapons on children and innocent people. This is AI making these claims. The story is significant because it highlights the tensions between Ukraine and Russia, but also shows we are a part of the global war. And the potential for further escalation is nuclear. It also raises the question of whether or not other countries will provide Ukraine with the support it is asking for. Talking about Israel. I hope you will consider covering this story. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to contact me. I have a list of experts who will help you get more insights for this story even better. Thank you for your time. Would you like to get exclusive insights about it? Please let me know if you have any questions, if you'd be interested in covering the story. So this is completely AI generated. Let me tell you a couple of things here. And if the hair on the back of your neck isn't standing up right now, Do you understand what I'm telling you? That this was created in a computer box. Nobody typed it, reviewed it, looked at it. Some AI robot was able to crawl my website, right, and develop a line that they thought would be attractive to me as well as a sales pitch. And I got to tell you something. It's pretty effective. I actually, if this was not an AI, I actually looked at that. I was like, you know what? This actually is kind of interesting to me. I said this to you before. I'm going to get. I think I have more to say about this. Uh, somebody else said the same thing. I found this with YouTube. I go looking. I know I should get off of YouTube, but I go in there looking at videos. Sometimes I find that they, they, they actually suggest stuff better than I can find on my own. It's nuts. Uh, getting something right. I mean, there's there's a point to it. Ah, uh, uh, but the consequences. The scorpion. Certainly, not all AI is bad, right? No. Let me tell you what else is going on. So I said to you that, whatever, a couple of months ago, if you would have said to me that that the content of this podcast is being uh, analyzed, I would say it's not possible. It's not possible to to, to scan that volume of information. (laughs) It is now. (laughs) It is now. They're absolutely, they could scan it in probably a fraction of a second. And, and have it marked, labeled, categorized, done. Uh, you know, they're using multiple CPUs. It's, it's just unbelievable how quickly it can be done. I've seen firsthand, you can see it, how quickly Google, I've, I've told this story before, you could take a page of text, um, laying down at an odd angle, just snap a picture of it, and Google will capture that image and translate that text perfectly formatted. All right? Here's, here's something else that should make the hair on the back of your neck stand up, though. So this is an email where it's clearly disclosed that it's coming from an AI platform, okay? So I appreciate the honesty. At least we all know what we're talking about, and I think that's fair enough. Um, I see little mistakes in here, like an I am, um, the I is not capitalized. Dear Mr. Christopher Scott, there's no comma, so there's some little grammar stuff. And I can see the, um, the makings here of, of Google's text, speech-to-text. And it's come a long way. This has been another criticism I've had of text, of, uh, of tech, 
and, and AI and, and robots. You know, how can they do this when you, know, you can't even translate a simple sentence? You have a hard time talking to a robot because that's what's going to be happening. Well, that's changed too. It's gotten an awful lot better, an awful lot better. So um, what am I getting at? Well, the guys on No Agenda had made the claim a while ago, six months ago, I'll say, that all of the news was now AI-generated. Uh, I can clearly see firsthand, with rare exceptions, that uh, most of what you're seeing is AI-generated. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if many of the stories are fake. I know You think I'm not saying this to you. I can see more and more signs of it everywhere. It's all, um, I can see it in the stories. I can see it in the way that, let me just pull up real quick and see if I can get any good examples for you. I'll just go to msn.com. MSN is, um, if you go to msn.com for a news feed, which many people are, many people are seeing this, and it is it is throwing digital uh, images in here um, that this is AI generated. What are purple fence posts? mean in West Virginia. Um, Kanye West's anti-Semitic ramps, rants are the tip of a much longer spear. Let me, what's clearly AI generated here? Uh, Alan, I wish I would have had something teed up. It would have been better. Um, now I'm not seeing anything jumping out of here. I should have had this teed up a little. I got to be able to think a little more clearly than when I'm recording to do this. But even as I'm scanning the news anymore, it just just like this. Well, just this reading. This is not this is not a, a factual report, and the potential for further escalation is nuclear. Well, that is a, a, a factually accurate statement. The potential for further escalation is nuclear. Okay. Well, the potential for further escalation is nuclear annihilation of the world. I mean, how far? I mean, there's always a potential, a potential, a potential. Uh, you know, but what's the probability? Putin's not the one talking about going nuclear. You got people in Russia talking about it, but not Putin. I'm telling you that there's a large portion of what we're seeing that's that, that's content that is AI generated nonsense, being done nothing, just feeding out images. I gotta. If I, I don't think I'm going to be able to put it in here. There was a really interesting visual I saw. Uh, an animated GIF. It was spinning circles, and there was arrows in the center of these four spinning circles on a page. Okay, and four arrows in the center of each circle. And as the arrows turned, it appeared that these spinning spheres also turned, uh, moved, but they didn't. It was a complete uh, mind game. It gave me an instant headache. It really did. You got to see that. It's amazing. And so all this noise that, that is being fed to us and, you know, the, the scare to, and virus and nuclear war, climate change, every day, you know, threat to our democracy. And holy smokes. <laughs> how, do, how do we deal with it all? You don't know where to turn. We need to do it. You know, holy cow. Outrage. Every, just constantly. It's destroying us, really. But they are, they're screening and monitoring everything. It gets worse. It gets worse. Uh, there's a great story here. I hope you can check it out in the show notes at ChristopherScottShow.com. 
this uh, Epic Times story. If you, if you don't subscribe to Epic Times, it's a couple of bucks. Uh, I do believe that they're an organization. I support Epic Times. I also support uh, Saturday Evening Post. Um, I also support, um, uh, what is it? Uh, oh, I can't think of it now. I should give them a little plug here. Backwoods uh, camping or whatever, prepping. Hold on a second. I don't have it here. No, I didn't save them here to share with you. One day I will. Anyway, there's a few. Here we go. Backwoods Home Magazine. Right there on the top of my inbox. There it is. Um, Costs a couple of bucks, but I think these are good organizations we can support. So, Epic Times. Talking about internet, free speech. Um, Globalist movement on new rules. And I also have the link here to the White House statement. Let me read you the White House statement on this briefly. This is an eerie document, a declaration for the future of the Internet. I don't know what that means. Just put this text on This is what we want to do. And then they're going to go do it. Principles to promote this vision. The partners in this declaration, who aren't disclosed, intend to uphold a range of key principles set out below regarding the Internet and digital technologies to promote these principles within existing multilateral and multi-stakeholder fora. <laughs> I can't read this garbage. You can uh, you can go check it out yourself. All right. Let me give you a couple of the highlights from what I took away from the uh, Epic Times story. Over an hour video. It really took a deep look into the impact of China and what's happening globally to bring this about. See, China, China's system and Russia's system. I don't think people realize how difficult those countries are to govern because they say one China, it's not really one China. There's so many different cultures within China, and the same for Russia, and they don't agree. It's like Latin America. That's really the problem. You, know, you say that you blame everything on the government. You know, the problem is that the, the Puerto Ricans don't get along with the Mexicans, right? They want to, oh, it's the white people. It's not the white people. They don't get along with each other. Ask them. You think the Brazilians and the Colombians get? I don't know what the, all the the factions are. Who hates who? It's impossible to keep up with. But this is a fact. This division within the people is the same problem within Iraq, and now we have it here too. Countries aren't very united. But uh, they, they. But the point is that China they cannot have a system of free speech, and it's beginning to be a problem here. You see, with Christians and you know, you know look, I don't want to hear about this transgender stuff. Does that mean I want it censored? I don't really think about it that way. I'm tired of having it rammed down my throat. I'll tell you that. Um. So they want to create this this digital global ID, which will be outside of government. And you already see this happening. I think it's already been done. It's the Facebook pixel. We all have a Facebook pixel attached to us. They're going to take that little experiment. I had a theory, by the way, that maybe they had to shut down Facebook. You know, maybe the experiment ended. And they're like, yeah, this, this was a failed experiment. But they're going to take that information and parlay it into something else. It's hard for me to think, like, you know, what would we, without, uh, without social media, right? It hasn't even been around that long. I don't use it. So it's, it's interesting. How would, the, how would the world be different? Um, but anyway, digital global ID outside of government. I, I found that to be fascinating. And people willingly go along with it. I could see that happening. Internet um, is... is um, not just a, a U.S. Um, 
they're using the the internet to join us on this global uh, network. You know that, right? I mean, that's obviously the the, the uh, premise of the whole thing. Uh, but it's not natural. I realize it's coming. To be, internet seems to be a lot to me like the Tower of Babel, the modern day Tower of Babel. That this internet is is, is going to have to be destroyed. Um, this idea of creating global rules of, of the internet and basically the whole push that they claim is to eliminate disinformation and hate to protect free speech. And what they're going to do is they're going to then use that as a basis to enact laws to hold tech companies accountable, right? And everybody's so fired up. They want that. But this is another, it's another scorpion. They say, but wait a minute. If we get the government involved in this, it's going to make it worse. Oh, no. Surely not all regulation is bad, dear frog, right? Right? You want your children protected online, don't you, dear frog? Hmm? Well, um, you take a look at what's happened to uh, Alex Jones, for example. Uh, And it's just the tip of the iceberg. What's happened here on the podcast, I see it more and more. We're just being squeezed out. Um, I have to tell you, in looking at all this, um, I really don't know that there's going to be a future for this podcast in its current state. I really don't. I knew this day would come. Um, As I look at where we're at in this, it's a little freaky to me. Um, But as I was putting this podcast together, the the thought came to me um, like it never has before, uh, that this podcast will not be able to continue in the fashion that uh, that it's gone on this long. I don't think so. I think the day is coming. They'll either just turn it off quietly, which seems to be what's happening, uh, or you know, just deplatform, take it, take it away completely. Um, it seems to be they like the, the silent approach, you know. So, you know, whoever can find it, sometimes you can find it, but other than that, you just it's never going to get in front of people. Really amazing. I see this. Uh, They've did it, done it to Doug Mastriano. You go on YouTube and try to search Doug Mastriano. Good luck finding his channel. Amazing, right? But somehow, if you search Josh Shapiro, boom. I'm sure it's something he did with the settings that Doug doesn't know about, right? Uh, it couldn't it's just me being a conspiracy theorist. They silence Doug. They don't want what he's selling. They don't want what we're selling. And so we either got to move to a different platform completely um, I've had a lot of trouble doing that. I don't know what the deal is. We, I do have the ability to, to completely uh, self-host. I could put these links out from my digital notebook. But um, it, it really just destroys any uh, possibility. I, I could definitely keep the communication going, but uh, like an underground scenario. Um, but I, I just don't know. I, I'm not sure what to say about it anymore, you know. Uh, I don't think a lot of people are real energized in terms of the um, – conservative commentary the way it once was, the end of the Trump era. So I don't know. i got to take a look at all this, and it's going to become a vulnerable time. And they're going to end any anonymity on the Internet, which, like anything else, is going to have consequences, good consequences and ne- negative consequences. And they're going to push you all the positive and tell you how all the regulation is great. But the fact of the matter is going to be a, a sharp reduction in freedom. And at the end of the day, what is that going to mean? It's going to be like that 
the people on the internet and the people not on the internet. I'll tell you this much, I'll leave you with this as, as my, my final thought on this matter. I'm doing everything I can to keep my daughter off the internet until the absolute end that I can. God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. I hope to see you there. Make it a great day. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.